Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. All right. Well, as we get started today, I wanted to tell you something random. I wanted to tell you that I'm really proud of myself because when I got out of my car today, I actually brought my iced coffee cup inside the house. That's right. I actually brought my cup out of my car. If you are in my car, which most of you aren't, I typically have somewhere between two and four iced coffee cups in my car at all times because when I get out, I usually have all the kids and all the things and I just don't have enough hands to bring them and then I forget and then I just don't. But it's something I've been trying to discipline myself to remember and today I did. So I wanted to give myself a shout out for that and I wanted to encourage you to shout out for yourself what's something you're doing that you've been wanting to do that you're actually doing. It is okay and good to be proud of yourself when you're making changes, when you are making little changes, even ones that seem insignificant or seem like they're not that big of a deal. I know they are because I know for me, when I make those changes, it's exciting. One other one that I will share with you, this one is kind of comical, but I am terrible at creating good flower beds and landscaping. And when we built our house a little over a year ago, actually 18 months ago, just about, we designed the flower bed to have a little patio and it's a big flower bed so that we could sit and watch the kids ride bikes and whatnot. And we just have done a really bad job making it look good. And this year I decided enough excuses, enough feeling like I'm a terrible landscaper. I'm going to make this happen. And so we did. We made our flower bed look really good. I don't know if we're going to win yard of the month, but I think we certainly could win most improved yard of the block. If that's even a thing, of course, it's not in my neighborhood, but maybe I'll make it and put a sign in my own yard. I don't know. But I'm celebrating that because I think we all need to celebrate our big wins, right? We all need to celebrate the moments where we've been thinking about doing something for so long and then we actually do it. Now, I might confess to you, as I confessed to some close friends the other day, that when I made the flower bed, I may have killed one of the bushes that I planted because after I dug the hole, now mind you, my husband was out of town. I did this by myself with all the kids at home. So, you know, it was an interesting experience. But after I dug the hole, I realized that I had dug directly over one of the sprinkler system lines. So of course the flower wasn't going to fit on top of it. So I cut the bottom of the root off. And now listen, for those of you that are shocked and thinking, what an idiot, I was aware this was not a smart thing to do, but I figured it was a Hail Mary worth a shot. So some of my friends were asking, well, how did you do that? Well, I went and got a steak knife from my kitchen and I sawed off the bottom third of the bush pot part, the part that is in the thing that you plant. I don't even know the words to say to make this happen, but it looked great, but I can tell a little bit that maybe it's dying. So maybe in my celebration, there's still room for improvement. But that's what's going on in my world. That's what I'm excited about in my life. And so again, I just want to encourage you. What are you excited about? Get excited about the things you're actually changing. Get excited about the things that you're actually pursuing and doing, because if nobody else is going to notice, at least you're noticing, right? 
I don't need the whole world to shout out and say, wow, look at you. You brought your coffee cup in from the car, but it's, but it's worth shouting out for myself because I want to acknowledge it and celebrate it so that those patterns I'm trying to build continue to grow. All right, enough about me. Let's dive into today's content. I wanted to share something that we all experience. So hear me when I say this, every single person, you know, even the greatest heroes of your faith, they all experience the same thing. Moments when you're wondering, where are you, God? Moments when God is silent and he's not speaking. I actually went through a moment like this or a season recently, a few months ago, and I remember dropping my daughter off at Mother's Day Out and pulling out of the parking lot and having these thoughts of, what can I do to be able to hear the voice of the Lord again quickly and faster than it's been in the past when I go through a season like this? And it dawned on me in that moment how many times I forget about the process when God is silent. I forget all that God has imparted to me and shown me and spoken to me about those times. It's like I have spiritual amnesia. And I was telling myself in that moment, don't forget this time. Don't assume that God is going to take his sweet time, that there's no purpose in the silence that you're experiencing right now. Now, on a side note, it's an interesting thing to be a pastor, or even I would say this applies for those of you that are leading small groups or Bible studies or or have a community that you are imparting spiritual things to, you know, you can hear God for the community and not be hearing him for yourself personally. It's a thing. It does happen. There are times where God is sort of silent in my personal life for me and my personal soul, but yet I'm hearing him speak a lot about my church or my community that we are building. And it's a phenomenon that I don't know how to explain. I can just say that it is. But what do we do when we feel like God is silent? And how do we get out of this sort of spiritual amnesia that makes us wonder if God will ever speak again? I want to give you four tips on how to re-engage God's voice in your life if you're in that type of a season right now or surely when you go into it again, because I know for me and I know for all the people that I know personally, this is not something that is one time in your life and you never experience it again. God becoming silent is something that will happen to you on a semi-regular basis, maybe once a year or maybe more depending on what he's doing in you. So first, before we dive into these four things, I want to talk about why God is silent. And I only want to describe it to you like this. The voice of the Lord or what the Bible, the the Hebrew connotation of the Bible would call the rhema word of God, that would be God speaking directly to you. That would not be the word of God in the Bible. But when I say the word of the Lord, I'm talking about when he's talking directly to your spirit. Sometimes it comes as a thought. Sometimes it comes as an impression. Occasionally it comes sort of like you're hearing someone else speak. It can be a picture, all kinds of things like that. But God is more than just his voice. Think about that for a second. God is more than just his voice. So if you're not hearing his voice, that does not mean God has abandoned you. It simply means you're not hearing his voice. There is so much more to the Lord. In fact, I believe we were created by God to have five senses because the Lord wants us to know how to interact with him with all five of those senses. So if you're not hearing through your ears, are you seeing 
If you're not seeing, are you feeling? And you could go down the list. Now, I'm not necessarily saying we all are supposed to be able to feel something tangible in our hands or, you know, smell something tangible through our nostrils. But I am saying that God is such a complex being that we cannot limit him just to his voice and what he is saying to us on a daily basis. If that's all we understand about God, then my question to you would be, is he serving your purposes or are you serving his? Are you looking at God to be like a butler who just, you know, adheres to your every whim? Or are you really connecting with who he is and how he is? I want to use another example to explain this. And I don't know, I may elaborate more on this in the coming months, but I want to explain that God is love. Bible tells us that, right? That God is love. And so we understand that God is a loving God. I would say the love of God is the foundation, it is the boundary, it is the currency, it is in everything, but it is not the only component to being a Christian. Being loving is not the only component to being a believer. Why do I know that? Because we are also called to advance his kingdom and his purposes in the earth. What that means is that they are his, right? When Jesus instructed the disciples on what to pray in the Lord's prayer, he instructed them to pray, your will be done. In other words, it's not what I want to do. It's not the way that I think the world should go. It is the way that God says the world should go. And so as a believer, my two hands would be love and advancing his kingdom. Again, advancing his kingdom has to happen through love, but it is not only love. It is saying, God, what do you want in this situation, in this city, in this community? And then doing that according to his purpose, because this is his world and we're just living in it. So I hope that helps you understand sort of some of the complexities of who God is. So if you're in a season where you're asking, where are you, God? I really want to encourage you to step back a little bit and to not look at the Lord as only someone who speaks in the way that you are familiar with, but open yourself up to what new thing might you want to be doing in my life in this season. Okay, so let's talk about four ways that you can re-engage with the voice of the Lord in a season where you feel like he's not there. And again, one last time, it's not just his voice, right? Even in times where I feel the Lord is being silent, I'm still connecting to his presence. I'm still tapping into that presence where I can feel the peace begin to awaken in my soul. And, you know, that can happen through worship, through prayer, through reading the Bible, through journaling, through whatever, walking in nature. It can happen as we focus our attention on his presence, even if we feel like the Lord is not speaking. So number one, one of the ways that you can help yourself get through a season of silence. Number one, what has God already spoken? What has he already said? Sometimes we are saying, Lord, you're being silent and I really wish you would not be silent. And God is saying, well, I already gave you the answer. I already told you what you were wanting to know. I don't know if you're familiar with that verse in the Bible that says, without vision, people perish. And God knows that. He knows you need vision for your life. And so when he's being silent, he is very intricate about allowing you to be in a position where he's doing something while at the same time knowing without vision you will die or you will have a spiritual death and go astray, right? And so you have to keep that in mind and go back to, has God already given me vision? 
Has he already spoken something to me? And I just wish he would say something else. I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I'm like, Lord, where are you? Please speak to me. And he's going, I already have. You just didn't like what I said. Okay, Lord. Yep. How do I learn to like what you're saying? (laughs) So number one of the four would be, what has God already said? If you're feeling silence, go back to the last thing you heard and just do a heart check. Have I obeyed what he put on my heart? Have I taken that to heart? Have I believed that? Is there something else God wants to do with the previous word before I go after a new word? Number two, this is the second thing to help you kickstart hearing the voice of God again. Have you hardened your heart to the Lord? So we see in the Bible in multiple places that when we are deliberately in sin, and what I mean by that is when we are choosing to go against the will of God. Okay, so sometimes sin is um, not something that we were like, I know this is wrong and I just did this. But other times we absolutely know it's wrong and we're just, we want to do it. And so we just do. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that, but a lot of people have. And so when we do that, we actually have the ability to harden our heart to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict us in a way that is loving. It's never condemning. It is a way, it is his way of correcting us and keeping us on the path that leads to Jesus. But when we consistently ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, then it is possible and it is real that he will eventually lift that conviction from you. There's biblical basis for that. If you're interested, you can look it up. And so I guess the second component would be taking a heart check to say, have I hardened my heart to the Lord? Am I bitter about something? Am I frustrated with God about the way he handled something in my life? Listen, being a believer does not mean that you just open-handedly, blindly, and naively like take every single thing as something God wants for your life. Being a believer is actually the connection point to wrestling with God to a place of understanding and a place of freedom and healing, which is often found through addressing difficult things going on. So number one, has he already spoken? Number two, have you hardened your heart in any way towards the Lord? Number three, is he doing something in your spirit that your head cannot comprehend? So let me say this again. Is God doing something in your spirit that your head cannot comprehend. We are a multifaceted being. We are a spiritual being as humans. We have a soul, we have a spirit, and we have this body. Our body is where our brain sits, right? Your brain is a flesh organ. Your brain is hard to comprehend because it's an organ just like your heart or your stomach. It's hardwired to do certain things. Um, to process thoughts in a certain way. But sometimes those thoughts are from the enemy. Sometimes they're from your spirit. Sometimes they're from God. And so our brain can be overloaded at times. There are times in your life where Jesus will go directly to your spirit to heal, to speak, to do something. If you are someone who speaks in tongues, the Bible tells us that praying in tongues is praying the will of God. It is an ability to bypass your logical mind and pray what's on God's heart. It's a spirit to spirit connection. There are times when God is being silent to our mind that he is doing something in our spirit that our mind just cannot comprehend. So that would be something to ask the Lord. Is this something that you're doing, God? And you know, at times you can ask him, can you bring me awareness to that? Can you help me understand what you're doing in my spirit? Because my mind is clearly clueless. 
The fourth thing, and this is the one that I find the Lord doing in me the most, he's building trust. He's building trust when he's silent. Think about that for just a second. When you have to rely on what you know of God to be true, when you have to make the choice to sacrifice to praise him, to present your bodies, as Roman tells us, as a living sacrifice. In other words, to show up in the presence of God saying, I don't know why I'm here. I don't feel connected to you, but I am offering myself to you because I believe you are God. And that means something to me, regardless if you ever speak to me again. When you're in that place, you are building trust with God and you cannot get that kind of trust if he's constantly speaking to you. It's in the silence that we see who we really are. It's in the silence that we discover what we really believe about God. Do you believe he's truly with you all the time, even when his voice is soft or quiet? This time I mentioned to you at the beginning of this podcast when I was driving out of the parking lot after dropping Grace off at Mother's Day Out, this is what the Lord was speaking to me. You know, he was reminding me, Rachel, is my relationship with you meaningful? Is it so meaningful that you'll continue to pursue me even when I'm being silent to you? I can't answer that question for you, but I can say for me, it was a wholehearted yes, Lord. A wholehearted, yes, Lord, you have spoken so much to me in my life so far that, you know, if, if you never speak another word to me, that's okay. Of course, I don't want that to be okay, but in my heart, I'm settled that I'm with you, Jesus. You're my ride or die. You know, we're in this to the end. I've settled. I am your bond servant. I'm connected to you. I believe you so fiercely and so ferociously and so concretely, even in all the ways I don't understand how you do things, even in the mysteries, I believe you. And so I'm with you even when you're silent. I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to let my soul build trust with you when I'm confused about how you're leading me. So let's recap. Sometimes God is silent because there's so much more to him than his rhema voice. Of course, God is never really silent because you have the Bible with you and you can read the Bible at any point in time and hear his words. In fact, when I'm in seasons where I'm struggling to hear God's you know, active voice in my life, his living voice in that way, you know where I go? I open my Bible. Of course, I open my Bible on a daily and sometimes weekly for sure basis. And I'm always getting his word through it because it is his word. So if none of these four things are working for you, go to the Bible and there you go. You have his voice in your life again. But let's recap. Number one, why could God be silent? Because he's already spoken something to you. Number two, maybe because you've hardened your heart and you need to repent. You need to deal with what's going on in your soul. Number three, because he's doing something in your spirit that your mind cannot understand. And lastly, number four, maybe he's building trust with you. So if you're asking this question, God, where are you? What are you doing? I sincerely hope this is helpful for you. And if you're not in a season like that, praise God. There's nothing better than feeling alive and hearing God's voice on a regular basis. It is just one of the most invigorating experiences you can have. But if you're not experiencing that, that's okay. God is doing something in you, even right now, even when you cannot see it. 
So again, I hope this was helpful for you. If it was, and especially if you've been thinking about someone while you're listening to this, go ahead and just screenshot this, send them a text, send them the link to this podcast so they can listen to it. Because as sons and daughters of God, when we understand how to navigate with the Lord in and out of our seasons that are good and bad, we can be so much more effective in our purpose and in our calling, and we can love Jesus that much more. So love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.